Welcome to the Redbird Review, hosted by Bryson French. What is up, guys? Welcome to episode 12 of the Redbird Review. This podcast is your home for Cardinals baseball, news, and opinions. I am your host, Bryson French. This podcast is sponsored by The Third Out, your home for MLB news and opinions. Now, today is June 23rd, guys. It is a beautiful day for baseball. And, well, the Cardinals just finished their series with the Brewers. So, I said coming into it, you know, we had a chance to walk away with four. We had a chance to walk away with two. Anything less than that would be a disappointment. And so, we came out with two. And, I mean, I guess that's the worst case scenario of anything that actually should have happened, if you would. Like... There was really no excuse for us to lose more than two games, and we lost two games, so I guess, you know, it's whatever. But I wish we had done more because, like, it was primed for us to do more. Like, we had the opportunity, um, you know, things were in our favor. We could have done more. But here's kind of how it went down, in my opinion. I'm sure you guys kept up with the scores, and, you know, you guys know what happened in the games, but we're just going to kind of run through and, and analyze everything that happened throughout the series. So game one was Corbin Burns versus Miles Michaelis. Now, Miles, he uh, he made it into the fifth inning, and he was looking good. But then he gave up a two-run home run, and ultimately that was the difference in the game. Now, Corbin Burns, on the other hand, went seven innings. He only gave up two hits, ten strikeouts. Now, I mentioned he had struggled earlier or in his past couple of starts. But now, apparently, he's not struggling anymore. This was kind of him popping back, excuse me, popping back into form, and you know, I'm I'm glad we don't have to face the Brewers in a one game playoff, because that, you know, facing Corbin Burns like that would not be ideal. Then going to Devin Williams in the bullpen, and then then to Josh Hader after that, that is like the worst case scenario. And so, thank goodness we don't have to worry about them in a one game playoff. It's gonna be uh. A series if we come against them in the playoffs but um yeah I mean their pitching can be great if they put it in a situation like this you know with their ace on the mound and then he can just hand it over to their bullpen and Burns was on point like Burns was pretty unstoppable this game I mean 10 strikeouts over seven innings is really impressive um kind of seems he only got taken out because just to how many pitches he was given up or how many pitches he was uh, into the game so game two um, I had thought, and I, you know, when I recorded my last episode, MLB said that Ashby was going to be on the mound, but then he got scratched. Um, so he did not pitch, which then left the Brewers with a right-handed pitcher on the mound, which was probably a little more ideal. Um, you know, more ideal than the Cardinals bats facing another lefty, but we got two runs right off the bat and then Flaherty turned around and gave up two. And he just really did not start well. Uh, Willie Adamas, which is the only hitter in in their lineup that is is worth fearing right now, yeah, he went deep. And Flaherty gave up two runs with the first two hitters he faced. He only he settled down a little bit after that, but only lasted three innings. So, you know, not the greatest from Flaherty. Um, but you know, I've I've said, you know, it's gonna take him a little while to get back get healthy, um, get in the swing of things. It's just unfortunate, you know, because obviously you don't want to watch him go out there like this. You want him to be better. 
Um, at the same time, it's like, how much time does he need to get back? How much time is he going to take, you know? Because I would love for it to be his next start for him and his next start just to go back and be amazing. Um, but, you know, at what point do you start expecting Flaherty to look like the Flaherty that we expect? So that's kind of the, the line we're trying to draw here. Uh, he'll be out again Sunday, and we'll talk about that a little bit later and our expectations for him in that game. But as far as this game, yeah, not great. Three innings. You know, only two runs, I guess, you know, but three innings is not good. Um, then, basically, our offense carried it. Nolan Gorman went off, four hits, two home runs. Uh, not having the left-handed pitcher on the mound, he probably got him excited when he heard that Ashby had been scratched. He didn't have to face a lefty. He really uh, he really stepped up for that. Um, he was the one that really carried that game, I think, offensively. He proved himself as a solid player I think he just he's been doing this all year and I'm not saying he hadn't proved this already but like this was him becoming a solid everyday second baseman like the future of you know second base for our franchise and that was really fantastic to watch and see um I mean obviously uh the bullpen had a lot to do because you know Flaherty left in the third inning that's a lot of innings to have to cover and they did a lot of work, and they did a really good job with the work they did. And that's kind of the case that we saw all series, because none of our pitchers went that deep. I mean, this is kind of concerning. Uh, you know, Michaelis only went into the fifth. I think that was about as deep as any starter went for us. That's not good. Um, so that's a lot of eating, a lot of innings that our bullpen had to eat, because Flaherty only goes three, and then you have from the fourth to the ninth. That's a lot. Um, but our our bullpen really carried it here. Um, Thompson went almost two innings. I think he went 1.2 innings. Gallegos and Helsley both went two innings. And then that, so that's 5.2 innings. And then somebody, somebody came in and got one out and another inning. So basically that was how we got through the other six innings of the game. Now, obviously they did not allow a run. Um, two innings each is really impressive especially not to give up a run, not for any of those guys to give up a run. So the bullpen was impressive, and I loved seeing that. But it is concerning because we're in a long stretch of games to where there are no off days and stuff. Um, just just thinking about you know rest and who's going to be ready for this next game, next series, that type of thing. Um, I mean, obviously, you, hoped, you hope every day that your the start of the next day is going to do more than whatever starter you're watching right now. And when Flaherty only goes three, you know, you're thinking, you know, I have to win this game right now. I have a chance to win this game, and we'll throw our bullpen at it, and hopefully Wayno can go a little deeper the next day. And, you know, he didn't, Wayno didn't go that deep. I think he went, he didn't even go five innings. Um, so, you know, again, for a third game, really making the bullpen do a lot of work here. Um Luckily, the offense did step up in games two and three. So obviously, game one was Corbin Burns. The offense didn't do a whole lot. Games two and three, the offense was able to step up. And, you know, game two was kind of because they had a replacement starter in there. And game three was because they had a left-handed pitcher in there in Lauer. And, you know, we love hitting left-handed pitchers. So that worked out really well for us. Um, Wayno's struggles, though, you know, as far as our starting pitching, not being able to go more than five innings, 
Uh, Rowdy got a hold of him, took him deep, and then Andrew McCutcheon obviously went deep. Um, those were the, the guys there that kind of put him in trouble. And our bullpen, our bullpen looked great all series. So from game one, Michaelis, he, he put a lot of pressure on the bullpen for a couple innings in a 2-0 game. In game two, obviously, we just talked about Flaherty and what he made the bullpen do. And then game three, Wayno makes the, the bullpen go the distance, and Oviedo and Cabrera both went two innings. So a lot of guys going two innings in this series. Um, they did not give up a single hit, although Cabrera did give up some walks. But honestly, impressive, impressive performances from the bullpen all around here because now we've got three games where the bullpen has gone a long distance, and there are a total of four games where the bullpen had to go a long distance. Now, game four, obviously, is the fourth game. The Brewers' bullpen also looked really good, and it's worth commenting that here. Um, now, Alexander was in this game. As I kind of projected, he would be really good if the Brewers had you know, left him in for four innings. But they left him in there for five, and he gave up a lot of runs. But Dakota Hudson gave up even more runs so basically um alexander was in there for what like five 5.2 innings or something he gave up four runs which isn't ideal uh but he gave the, he gave up two of those four runs in his last two innings and then dakota hudson for us was even worse he gave up five runs and obviously did not go that deep so it really just came down to starting pitching all week for us that's what lost us both games you know Flaherty, or excuse me not Flaherty, um you know Michaelis in game one, gave up a two-run home run. We lose 2-0 starting pitching. Obviously, the offense should have done something. So offense offense and starter killed us there. Game two, Flaherty almost cost us the game, giving up a bunch of runs right off the bat. Um, then the bullpen was lights out. Game three, Wayno had his struggles. He gave up a bunch of runs. Thankfully, our offense was able to power past, and our bullpen was able to shut it down. But the starting pitching was really what put the game in jeopardy. Game four, here we go again. Hudson gives up five. Alexander gave up four. We lose 6-4. Basically, I mean, all of that's on Hudson, basically. I mean, our offense got a good amount of runs in. Four is a decent amount of runs to get in. Um, and then, you know, the bullpen only gave up one. And obviously having to go a lot of innings, that's, you know, it is what it is. Um... Again, honestly, bullpen just looking really good. That's that's the encouraging thing. The discouraging thing is the starting pitching. Um, if we don't figure out the rotation soon, we're going to be in a lot of trouble down the line, down the line in the season. And I know our rotation has good potential, but it I mean it really is in shambles right now. Like I'm still really confused as to what Flaherty is doing, and I mentioned that earlier. I'm not going to talk about that anymore, and I keep going back to Flaherty, but. Like, we got to give Flaherty time to come back. I don't know what to expect or how long to expect that. But that's one that's one pitcher. Michaelis looks good. I'm not that concerned about him. I mean, he gave up the two-run home run that cost us the game. But obviously, if you don't score runs, it doesn't matter. Two runs isn't that bad. Wayno, Wayno's concerning me. So I do have concerns in the three spot in the rotation. Um, I mean, he's just not, I don't know. He started the year looking really good. He's kind of wavering through the middle of the year here, it seems, so we'll see how that finishes, but I'm kind of worried about Wayno here at the three spot. Hudson is decent, and that's about it. Like, Hudson, you just 
feel like you're going to get a quality start. Maybe not quite a quality start, but he's going to, I don't know. He's going to be out there. You don't expect the worst, but you know you're not going to get the best maybe. So, like, I don't mind Hudson, but he's a four. He's maybe a five. And then, like, we don't even know what we're doing in the back of our rotation right now. And that really hurts. And I really wish we had another strong pitcher right now. Like a, a pitcher looking better than Wayno, A pitcher looking like Michaelis. And the fact that Flaherty does not look like that right now really hurts. Because you would love to have three solid guys. I mean, you'd love to have Flaherty, Michaelis, and Wayno looking good. And right now, only Michaelis is looking good. So we only have one guy. We only have one go-to right now. And that that is really costly. And... I mean, the trade deadline's coming up. You really, like, the front office really needs to consider, consider trading. Um, we got to find somebody here. We have, the, we have the youth. We have the prospects to do it. And you may have to give up Libertor. Like, it's, it's okay. You may have to give up Libertor and Newt Bar. That's fine. You got to do it. You got to get, get some pitching help here. And, you know, that's probably a trade with Oakland. Um, but I mean, if you want my full opinion on that, go listen to the podcast episode where I actually talked about starting pitching, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I keep coming back to. Like, that's our big struggle. That's my big concern. That's what I think is holding us back or, you know, keeping us from really just running away with this division. And I mean, when we walked into the year, I don't think I thought starting pitching would be this much of an issue for us. I thought maybe it would be bullpen, but bullpen I mean bullpen looked amazing this series and not that shutting down the Brewers offense is the greatest accomplishment ever because Brewers offense isn't that great but the Brewers offense rocked our starting pitching like they destroyed it so I don't know I have my concerns there now in game four the last exciting thing that I will bring up is Paul DeYoung excuse me not Paul DeYoung Paul Goldschmidt goodness excuse my tongue Paul Goldschmidt hit a little league home run and that was really entertaining. If you haven't seen that, just check it out. I'm not going to talk about it anymore, really, but, like, you got to watch it. I'm not going to describe it. That was amazing. Um, one thing I forgot to talk about before our last episode, I don't think I forgot to talk about it. I think I just, like, didn't see that it was news somehow. I don't know how it slipped by me. But Tyler O'Neill was sent to the injured list. I think this was before the Brewers series started. I don't know if the news didn't come out until after I posted my episode or if... I posted my episode after the news came out, and I just didn't know that O'Neill was out. Anyway, O'Neill got sent to the IL. Obviously, we talked about Yachty being sent to the IL. But, I mean, O'Neill was back. Like, O'Neill was back, man. He was hitting well. He was playing really great, and it was so good to have him back. He was the four-hitter we needed. The offense was starting to light it up, and then he's on the IL. And I'm not so worried about our offense like not being able to perform without him like I think we can carry it through like if he's gone for two weeks I think our offense can last two weeks without him that's not what I'm worried about what I am worried about is the lasting effect this injury has on him because we finally got him back he was finally looking good and now he's not like now he's hurt is he gonna come back and pick up where he left off as hot or is he gonna come back and then be like oh Now he's back to like he was at the beginning of the season. He's cold again. Like, I don't want him to lose that momentum that he just picked up recently. That's the big thing for me. And I am, you know, I'm just really hoping and praying that he can, like, 
figure this out and be all right. Because um, obviously we depend a lot on him in our lineup, especially as the season presses on. Our offense looks fine right now. So, like, yeah, take your time, get healthy. You know, we can wait. We can wait. You're going to be fine. We just don't want him to lose the pace that he had. So, um, yeah, that was the last series. Now we look forward to our upcoming weekend series. And this is a series against the Cubs. So we face the Cubs. The Brewers face the Blue Jays. And I'm going to do something a little different in this episode. Rather than just talking about the Brewers and their whole series and then talking about the Cardinals and their whole series, I'm going to break it down day by day. So Friday... No off days for either team. I mean, both the Cardinals and and the Brewers have had a long... I'm not looking at it right now, but they've played a lot of consecutive games. I know the Brewers played into last week, um, their series against the Mets. I Did the Cardinals have an off day last Thursday? I don't really remember before their weekend series. But, like, yeah. I mean, we've played a lot of games, and the bullpens... At least our bullpen is not in good shape. Apparently, the Brewers' bullpen is fine. I don't know what it's going to take to wear out the Brewers' bullpen at this point. The Brewers the Brewers do have to worry about the Blue Jays, though. And the Blue Jays are a really good team. And the Blue Jays, in Friday's game, have Alec Manoa on the mound. Now, Alec Manoa for the Blue Jays is 8-2 and two with an ERA of 2. The Brewers have Adrian Hauser. He is 4-7 and seven with an ERA over 4. Obviously, you know... You know I'm not a big fan of Hauser. Hauser has not looked good this year. Um, I think Hauser's going to get rocked. Like, this Blue Jays offense has a lot of talent. They should rock Hauser. That said, Alec Manoa is an ace and a Cy Young candidate, and Alec Manoa may very well get his ERA under two in this game. I don't think the Brewers have a good chance here. This is, honestly, the Blue Jays should be ha- Blue Jays should be favored pretty heavily in this game. Um Obviously, it's baseball and anything can happen, but like Alec Manoa is 8 and 2. Like, he gets wins. He's a, an amazing pitcher. And he's going up against Hauser. Like, it's not even like a matchup of like Manoa, Manoa and Burns would be the matchup that I want to see. I would love to see that matchup. But that's not how it's lining up. Like, it's Manoa versus Hauser. It's the best pitcher for one team against the worst pitcher for another team. Um, so. Yeah, I think the Blue, Jay- Blue Jays have a clear path here. Blue Jays got to take advantage of it, but Blue Jays should get it. For the Cardinals, we face the Cubs. Cubs are coming to St. Louis, so both the Brewers and the Cardinals are home. Kyle Hendricks will be on the mound for the Cubs, and Kyle Hendricks, like, we know he's a good pitcher, right? Like, at least he used to be. Kyle Hendricks is sitting here. Like, record, I guess, doesn't matter when you're playing for the Cubs, so we're not going to pay attention to the record. But he has an ERA of 5.43. Now, some of that has to do with the fact that his defense just doesn't support him. But, I don't know. Kyle Hendricks is not a 5.43 pitcher. Like, something's going on in Chicago. And Chicago's pitching looks absolutely terrible recently. Over the last 30 games, I I did a segment on them for the Third Out podcast, guys. And go check that one out. We're going to be talking about the NL Central in our, next, in our next episode. But, like, Kyle Hendricks, I talked about him a little bit, and just the pitching staff here in Chicago as a whole. Like, they have an ERA over six over the past 30 games. It's the worst pitching staff in the league over the last month plus. 
we got to score runs. Our offense is really good. We should have no trouble scoring runs against Kyle Hendricks. Even though Kyle Hendricks is like a good pitcher and he knows how to face St. Louis, like something's going on with him recently to where we need to capitalize off this big time. Like there's no no reason for us to lose this game with him out here with against a team with an ERA over 6 recently. Like got to take advantage of it. So looking at his last 3 games like he faced Atlanta. He gave up six earned, run, earned runs to Atlanta. He gave up one earned run to San Diego, but he only went five innings. So like, even when he does do well, he doesn't go deep. Uh, Milwaukee, he gave up three runs over five innings. So like, he's not going to go that deep. He's going to go about five innings, and he'll probably give up a couple of runs. So I don't know. We got to take it. Cardinals got to jump on him. Um, for us, we have Palante on the mound. Now, this is where I'm concerned. This is why we need the offense to step up. This is why I stressed scoring runs so much. Um, Palante is on the mound. Okay. He doesn't normally go too deep in games. We kind of know that about him. He still kind of comes out of the bullpen every once in a while. But he doesn't go that deep into games. Last two games, he's gone 5.2 innings against Boston. And he went 2.1 innings against Pittsburgh. And then before that, 5.1 against Cincinnati. That start against Pittsburgh was really bad. But our bullpen has been through so much and no off day now. Palante has got to pull at least five innings solid. He needs to. And our offense needs to step up. Like, yeah, we could put it on our bullpen. Our bullpen could probably help us win this game. But I want our bullpen to rest to get ready for some games down the road. So, I mean, that would be ideal. Again, like if Palante doesn't go deep, the bullpen could step up and they could help us win this game. But then we go into Saturday and Sunday with no bullpen and we are in true danger. We're in, we're in a risky territory. So that's what I see with Friday. Um, that's what I'm kind of hoping for, watching out for. Um, Saturday. Saturday we have a day game, 2 o'clock game, Eastern time. And the uh, the Brewers have a 4 o'clock game. So for the Brewers and the Blue Jays, this is the kind of the exact opposite of what it was yesterday for these two teams. Now the Brewers have Corbin Burns on the mound and the Blue Jays have Kikuchi on the mound. Now Kikuchi has struggled. He, he started out the season looking pretty good. And then he's just been floundering ever since. He's up to a 4.94 ERA. So basically a five, um, just looking really bad. He's like a Hauser. He's like, he was really good last year and then he started really good. And then now he's just bad. And then his last three starts, I mean like four innings, four innings and 0.2 innings, um, giving up three or four runs. Like he gave up three runs and didn't even get out of the first inning against Kansas city a couple starts ago. Like I am worried about Kikuchi. Um, Brewers offense is probably a good offense to like get it back on track about, but like, like the Brewers should take this game. Let's be honest. Um, I mean, you got Corbin Burns on the mound. You're facing a weaker pitcher. I guess the exact opposite of the night before, where the Blue Jays are like, yeah, we got our ace on the mound. You have your worst starting pitcher on the mound. Blue Jays got it, right? Saturday, this is the exact opposite. Like, the Brewers got their best on the mound. Blue Jays got their worst on the mound. So, Brewers got to take this one. You got to. If you're the Brewers, you got to jump on it. Can't, can't miss your opportunity here. 
especially with your offense and having to score runs against a team like this, like jump on that because Corbin Burns, man, he's going to go decently deep. He's going to, even though it's the Blue Jays offense, the Blue Jays offense is going to put up some runs. I mean, you know, it's it's a good offense versus a bad offense. We'll just see how much that can make up for it. I don't know. I just don't trust Kikuchi enough. Like, even the Brewers' offense can score runs against that. For the Cardinals and Cubs, we have Miles Michaelis on the mound, and obviously I like where we're sitting here. Michaelis is really our most solid starting pitcher at this point. His last two starts have been really good. Even though I said, I keep saying he lost us the game against the against the uh, Brewers, but like he went 6.1 innings of two-run ball. That's not bad. Obviously, Pittsburgh, he almost threw that no-hitter. Tampa Bay, he went eight innings. He has looked incredible recently. Um, obviously, he took two losses because the offense just doesn't show up, but he also has pitched against really good pitchers. He went out against McClanahan, and he went out against Burns. He got beat in both of those head-to-head matchups. He's not going to have a matchup like this against Chicago. This is going to be more similar to his start against Pittsburgh where he almost threw a no-hitter. So he's done good in all of his matchups recently, but like he just comes up a little bit short when he's going up against another great pitcher. Like, I mean, when he went out against McClanahan, he gave up two runs, and McClanahan was, like, perfect, pretty much. Like, against any other team, he probably would have been fine there. It was the same thing against Corbin Burns. Like, you give up two runs over six innings, it's not the worst, normally. It's just not enough to beat Corbin Burns. So, he's not facing Corbin Burns. He's not facing Shane McClanahan. He's facing the Chicago Cubs, and the Cubs haven't even decided who they're going to pitch here. So I don't even get to talk about that. Um, but I honestly, I don't really fear anyone on the Cubs rotation. So, I mean, they have some good talent. They have some young guys. The young guys are improving, though. They have some old guys, some old guys like Kyle Hendricks, some old guys like Marcus Stroman. Those guys could be good, but they're not good. So... Either end of the spectrum, I'm not overly concerned. We got Michaels on the mound. It's about as comfortable as I could feel. And I'm not saying that we're going to like guarantee win this game because, again, it's baseball. But I'm just saying I really need a win here, um, especially on a day when the Brewers are going to win. You got to win. All right, let's move to Sunday. So Sunday we have the day game and the Brewers also have a day game so playing at the same time Brewers have not decided who's going to be on the mound I guess this would be Ashby's slated start I don't know where Ashby's at if he's injured or what's going on there with him but yeah the Brewers have not determined who's on the mound for them they will be facing Barrios though for the Blue Jays and this is another struggling pitcher um yeah, we did a breakdown on him on the third out. He's just a really interesting guy. He's a really easy guy to talk about. He is up and down a little bit. He got beat up by the White Sox. He did decent against Baltimore, and he was amazing against Detroit. Um, My big thing with him, this is my analysis. I'll go into it so you guys don't have to track back into like the archives of the third out episodes to find this. My analysis with Barrios is 
his off-speed pitches are unhittable. And that's why people watch him and they're like, man, this guy should be a Cy Young. Next year, he's going to be a Cy Young contender. He's going to figure it out over the off-season. He's going to be amazing because they watch him. And he has this stuff that, like, people just can't hit it. And it's like, man, he has got a, he's amazing. He's an amazing talent. But then he just never does well. Like, he has an ERA over five this year. And people are like, man, why can't he just figure it out? He doesn't trust his off-speed. He goes back. He throws so many fastballs. Um, and I don't have my numbers pulled up here. I did in the third out episode where I actually broke him down. But he really throws so many fastballs. It's like a majority of what he throws. And he doesn't actually trust his off-speed. But when you look at the numbers, his fastball just gets beat up. It's his worst pitch. But he doesn't trust the off-speed. But his off-speed is amazing. If he trusted his off-speed, he could be dominant. I don't expect him to make that change mid-season. And, you know, obviously he had it figured out a couple days ago when he played Detroit. But Detroit's a terrible offense. Um, I would expect him to do about as well as he did against Baltimore. I don't think that the Brewers are going to put the same hurt on him that the White Sox did. But I would expect a Baltimore performance against or against the Brewers. So when he faced Baltimore, he went seven innings. He gave up three runs. I would expect about that. He is a high strikeout guy. He had eight strikeouts. I could see him striking out a lot of Brewers. Um, that's just, again, his off-speed is dominant when he uses it. He'll get the strikeouts. And you'll be like, man, he's really he's really got some stuff. He's getting these strikeouts. And then you're like, oh, he gave up three runs over seven innings. That's not the greatest. Um, but my thing is, like, the Brewers don't know who they're putting out there on the mound. And the Blue Jays have a good offense. Blue Jays' offense is probably going to capitalize enough to where they can get Barrios a win. Especially if Barrios goes seven innings, three runs, hands it over to a bullpen that should be somewhat rested from Manoa going deep two days ago. They'll have to cover a little bit with Kikuchi from yesterday or Saturday at this point. The bullpen should be in decent shape. So I would trust the Blue Jays to get it done here. Just mild favoring them, mildly favoring them. Um, but the Brewers got some stuff going on for them. The Brewers have a chance here because you got to put up some runs against Barrios. I just don't know if the Brewers' offense has what it takes. So move back to St. Louis for our final game of the series, the Sunday game. The Cubs have Swarmer on the mound. Now, Swarmer is a young guy, I believe. I don't know a terrible amount about him. He's 28. Um, he has not looked so great recently. He takes a lot of losses. Again, I shouldn't say that because, like, you play for the Cubs. You're going to – if you're on a rebuilding team – you can't really compare the record to guy on a good team. Your offense has a lot to do with that. Um, but really, like, he's just a part of this Cubs pitching staff that's so bad. Like, he's a starting pitcher with an ERA of 5.84. He's got a Cardinals offense, got to take advantage of it. The Cardinals offense should score a lot of runs this weekend, and there's no excuse. If we don't walk away with more than 18 runs, I would be disappointed in the offense performance. Um,. And that's just, like, their ERA recently is over six. Like, we just got to keep that up. Like, if we don't get 18 against them over three games, then we're not hitting their actual ERA. So 
we got to do that. On the mound for us is Flaherty. And again, a reason, part of the reason I'm saying and I'm stressing that our offense needs to step up is because I still don't know what we're going to get from Flaherty. I don't know what Flaherty's going to be like. I don't know what he can do right now. Um, obviously, I want him to be great. I want this to be the time where he turns it around. I just don't know if it's time yet. We'll see. Um, yeah, so let me know what you think on that, guys. I'm going to post um, a TikTok. Not a TikTok. Um, going to post an Instagram reel on this series as well. And then we will get another episode out to you guys for Monday, hopefully. Hopefully get an episode out for Monday's series with the Marlins. It's coming right up. Let me know. One thing I've been um, curious about recently is do you like the series previews more or do you like actual like the deep analysis where I like go into DeYoung? Like I, I went back and I just dug into Paul DeYoung's swing and then I dug into like Tyler O'Neill's swing and basically like pinpointed his problem, which he fixed and he's finally back. Um, I kind of like going deep like that. So let me know what you guys like. I could do uh, Nolan Gorman next. Um, I could look at Tommy Edmond, Paul DeYoung. Or excuse me, Paul Goldschmidt. I have messed that up twice today. That is terrible of me. Um, could look at those guys. So let me know what you want. Let me know what you guys like. And I will try to cater to that and do whatever. Um, but yeah, as far as Monday, I will get another episode out to you guys for that. So make sure to come back and check that out. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you guys later.